Now we're going to ask Anna and she's going to come and minister to us uh, two messages in song and then immediately after that we're going to ask Ryan to come and share a personal word of testimony. All right. Thank you, Anna.
thank Anna for those two lovely messages. We know the Lord's already blessed them to her heart. And she'll be ministering to us just a little later. I'm going to ask Ryan now if he'll come and share his testimony with us. Thank you, Ryan. Thanks for all turning out to listen this evening. And it's great to see Naomi um, that I know well and, and Charlie and my dad and Stephen and Michelle Irwin in the middle there to turn out. Thanks very much for the support and everybody else here. Um, I've called this Mum Saved My Life, Jesus Saved My Soul. And I think it'll become apparent whenever I go through the testimony. I was born on the 22nd of February 1999 in the city hospital. And as a new child, you know, obviously people come up to see mum and dad in the hospital and see me as a new child. And dad was away picking up my older brother and sister from school at the time. And things unfortunately turned for the worse. My aunt Nora was up seeing me and I stopped breathing in my mum's arms. And Nora said, wrong, our mum said to Nora, wrong, quick, get the midwife, quick, he stopped breathing. And Nora would say that she turned around to mum and said, don't, don't be silly, he hasn't stopped breathing. And she turned around and stopped breathing. So Nora had to run and get the medical team round, but mum resuscitated me um, be- um, before the medical team actually did come round. And I had to be rushed to the intensive care unit in the Royal and put in life support and have an open heart surgery, um, which was thankfully successful at the time. Um, now, whenever I was 11 and 12, I was playing squash six days a week and tennis and you name it. I was just, all I did was sport pretty much all the time. But I went for a ch- annual checkup and they said to me, Ryan, you'll have to stop the sport. There's extra muscle growth around your heart. That's pretty serious. So I, I, I remember the, the consultant was here and mum was here. I, could do, I had no words. I burst out crying and said, you can't do sport. So I took up uh, the guitar at that stage and it ended up I needed a second surgery. And that was successful too. That was in 2011. 2012, my granny died. In 2014, my granda died. And had two TIAs, which is a minor stroke, 2014 and 15. At this time, I kind of thought to myself, you know, what's going on? Why me? Never taken a drink in my life, never smoked, never did drugs, never not anything. And this is coming on my doorstep, why me? I think we've all asked that question at a certain time in life, why me? Why not somebody else? And so at this time, I bit the bullet and just thought, right, you know what? I put everything I can into faith. I was raised Catholic and so I would have went to Mass from this time, every service going, I would have um, I brought these along this evening. I don't usually do this, but I thought I just felt called to do it this evening in case somebody hadn't seen them. Rosary beads. And there's about, I don't know how many, I think there's six decades, so there's about over 70 prayers on that beads. And they, I would have prayed that every single night before I went to bed. 
and it took me about 45 minutes. Went to every mass service, did everything I could. Was really going hammer and tongs for works. I says, I'm going to prove myself to God, you know. I'm going to get myself there by proving to God that I'm worthy to get to heaven. Um, but there was one day it changed that for me and I was walking up Royal Avenue and I, growing up I thought street, oh, street preachers are pretty crazy, you know, just, just the way it was. I thought that'd be pretty nuts, you know, they're shouting and roaring and whatever. But the man over there, Charlie, sitting beside my dad this evening, I kind of, I was walking down Royal Avenue and I said, flip up boy Charlie, he looks normal, you know, <laughs> he was standing preaching and I thought, wow, okay, I can actually relate to him. I went over and accepted a gospel track. He says, are you a Christian, son? I says, yeah, I'm a Catholic. He says, oh, so you're not a Christian? I says, yeah, I am, yeah, I am. He says, no, no, we're not out here today about Catholic or Protestant, we're out about Jesus and that you can accept him into your life today as a personal saviour. And I, I argue from the Catholic perspective and whatever and he said, can you do me one favour? I says, yeah. He says, can you read the Bible? And that was where it changed. I read the whole Bible and it took me 15 months. I might have started at 8 o'clock in the evening and maybe not finished at 4 in the morning. Constant reading of scripture. Everything I didn't understand, I looked up on the internet and YouTube and you name it. I looked it up, asked Charlie questions, asked different people questions. Different things started uh, coming out to me, like, why do we call the priest father when Matthew 23 verse 9 says, call no man father upon the earth? I said to myself, where are these rosary beads in the Bible? And, and different doctrines started coming out to me, revealing through scripture, you know, where there's doctrinal issues, and that no, no church can save, no religion can save, no creed, no no thing can save, no one can save, but Jesus can. And at that point, I was like, wow. I understood at that point that, you, you know, <laughs> as a man walking up the street on Royal Avenue, that Charlie wasn't trying to make me Protestant or Catholic or whatever, but about, here's Jesus. He, he, he paid the price on the cross at Calvary to set us free. He says, believe in the truth and the truth shall set you free. Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth and the life. And that really stood out to me. You know, from I'd been saved, I, I, I knew that I, I was saved about 16 or 17. And from that point, I obviously knew that street outreach worked because I'm evidence of that. And so I, I would do street outreach in the city centre and Corn Market and what would have been, you know, pre-mark area in town. And Naomi and, and myself and a few others would do the doors in West Belfast, which is quite a mission field up there. And recently, testimonies and things have been coming my way on opportunities. And I'd like to, you know, thank God for opening the door and revealing himself. And I'd just like to say that if anybody is a stranger to Christ tonight, um, it's well worth accepting him tonight because it's, it's, it's been a terrific journey that I've been on. And, um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Thank you.
Well, we do thank Ryan tonight for coming. It's not easy for a 19-year-old to stand in the pulpit and face a congregation. Uh, I've told him your age, Ryan, sorry. Um, but we do appreciate that. You see, one night, um, just maybe it was before the church was opened or shortly after, um, the Clark uh, session and I were up in the car park here and I saw this bicycle coming up the road. And this was maybe about a quarter to ten at night. And it, I'm not sure if it had a light on it or not. And there was a young man pedaling away for all he was worth. And then he flailed into the car park here and come over to us in the stones. And um, he, he says to me, as he approached, he says, Are you born again? I says, I am. And he says to George, are you born again? And George says, we are. And then I says, well, are you born again? And then he says, I am. And then he told us his name and who he was. Uh, and uh, he, he's been coming here on a Sunday night ever since. And we're really delighted to have fellowship with Ryan. We love him in the Lord. And we wanted to encourage him. And we know he's keen to share a word of testimony. And I, I would just remind you all as God's people, the Bible says in Psalm 107, verse 2, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And as a Christian, one of the most valuable things you have is your testimony. Now, I just want to remind you, your testimony can be verbal. It's easy to say it. But it's also got to be visualized. Unconverted and the family and friends have got to see it. Because remember, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new and all things are of God. Now we're going to read a wee portion and uh, then we'll um, have a few announcements and Anna will come and minister to us and then we'll sing the um, offering hymn. Uh, Turn with me tonight to Revelation chapter 3. I want to read from verse 14 to the end. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 to the end. If you have your Bible, very good. If you haven't, maybe you'll share with someone else or you can just listen. All right, Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. This is a message to one of the churches in Asia Minor, a real historical church. It's called the Church of the Laodiceans. Listen to the word of God. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love and rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am sat down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, Sister Anna is going to minister to us again. Thank you. 
Beneath the cross of Jesus I find a place to stand And wonder at such mercy That calls me as I am For hands that should discard me My unworthy soul is one Beneath the cross of Jesus His family is my own One stranger's chasing selfish dreams Now one through grace by God. Beneath the cross of Jesus, the path before the crown, we follow in His footsteps where promised hope is found. message in song. Now my text this evening is taken from Revelation chapter 3 and the verse 20. It reads, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. And I want us to think tonight for the few minutes that we have left of the perfect Savior at the door. Now Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 to me is one of the clearest plainest and simplest signposts on the road to heaven and home about the perfect Savior at the door. It's a very familiar text in the gospel. The Lord Jesus is speaking. And if you examine the context, you will discover that these words were primarily addressed to the church at Laodicea. The Lord Jesus is outside. The Laodicean church is rich, respectable, religious, ritualistic. Yet when the Lord Jesus examined it, when he scrutinized this church, this is what he said. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Now what does that mean? What was the problem with the Laodicean church? And the answer is very simple. 
The Lord Jesus was outside this real historical church. He was not welcome in it. He was not in the midst of it. He has been shut out. He has been rejected. Think of it. A church that's rich and respectable and religious and ritualistic. And yet Christ has been thrown out. Could I just tell you tonight, and I tell you lovingly, there are churches today where the Lord Jesus is outside the door. He is not welcome. Many liberal, modernistic churches that preach a social gospel, that engage in social activities, where the church is sort of run like some sort of social club, rather than being a, a, a spiritual lighthouse for sinners on the road to heaven and the road to home. Listen to what the Bible has to say in the book of Galatians. It was the apostle Paul, and he exhorted the church there. He said, but though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that we have, than ye have received, let him be accursed. Now, that's a whole sermon on itself. And I'm not going to preach that tonight. But my prayer is, Lord, keep this church in the old paths. Keep this church sounding forth the great truths of the gospel. Let this church focus, center in the person and work of Christ. In his incarnation, in his virgin birth, in his sinless life, in his atoning death, in his bodily resurrection, in his glorious ascension, in his bodily return to this earth to set up his kingdom but also to preach the doctrine of sin, the doctrine of heaven, the doctrine of hell, the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Bible inspiration, as well as the great doctrine of salvation. You see, there's a story told about an old tramp, and he's in, living in the United States of America, and he's sitting in the steps of a fancy church, some town or city, the choir's singing. They've got a fine Sunday school, a great youth work, and um, there's loads of activity in this old tramp. He slept outside and he sat on the church steps. And one day he decided he was go in. And he thought he would sit at the back. And as he tried to go in, he, he was put out. And he did this on a number of occasions. And he sat on the steps with his head in his hands. And he said this, Lord, I can't get in. Lord, they won't let me in. And he got this little voice coming back into his head. Don't worry about it because I can't get in either. They put me out years ago. And it flashed into his head this text of scripture, Romans or Revelation 3 and 20. It was a text he had learned in Sunday school. He heard the Lord knocking at his heart's door and sitting there in the steps outside the church feeling that he couldn't get in and Christ couldn't get in. He received Christ as Lord and Savior. His life was changed and that tramp became a preacher in that city for God. Now I want to ask, is that a picture of you? Because tonight if you're not born again of the Holy Spirit... If you haven't a testimony to the saving and keeping power of Christ, if you haven't received the Lord Jesus by faith, you're in a similar position to the Laodicean church. You may be religious here tonight. You may be respectable. You may have had a fine education. You may be morally upright. You may be a good neighbor, a fine citizen who believes in doing civic duty. But if you don't belong to him, if you don't know Christ, then that means you're without him. 
That, that means you're without God in this world. That means you're without hope. By nature, the Bible teaches that we're born in sin and shaped in iniquity. By, by nature, the Bible teaches that we're children of wrath. Ephesians 2, 1 and 3. Wrath has to do with God's anger and indignation against sin. And if the Lord Jesus in that context is outside the door of your life, then I want you to understand tonight that he's knocking at your heart's door. He, he's pleading with you to open the door of your life. Why? Because he wants to save you. He, he wants to give you a new life. He wants to give you a new purpose. He wants to give you life abundant and life to the full. So think of these words. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The perfect gentleman. The sinless Christ at the door. And with that scene in mind, I want you to think of these thoughts. I want you to think of the proximity of Christ. He said, behold, I stand at the door. He's at the door. What does that mean? It means he's near at hand. It means he's close by. When someone's at the door knocking, ringing the bell, what does it mean? They're very close to your home. They're just on the outside. They're not down at the gate. They're not round the corner. They're not in some far off road. They're very near. They're close to your home. The Lord Jesus tonight's the perfect Savior. He comes as the crucified Christ. And I want to tell you tonight, he's that close to you. He is knocking at your heart's door. Why? Because your heart's door is shut to him. You see, the shut door of your life to Christ and God is the work of fallen sinful nature. Sinful man tonight is not seeking God. He, he's running from God. He's looking for an escape route from the Lord. His mindset is no God. And here's Christ. And in free sovereign grace, he takes the initiative. He comes to that shut door of your life, even though he's not invited and he comes in pure grace and love to knock and plead for admission. See, the Bible tells us in Romans 10, verse 6, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, the Apostle Paul was quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 14. Those words were originally penned by Moses. It was all about the giving of the law. And, and it was a, a word that was given by Moses about the giving of the law to, to God's ancient people, the Jewish people. And he wanted them to understand what God required of them because they had the word nearby. It, it was as if the word was in their mouth. And he was asking them, do you know what the Lord requires of thee? They weren't left to their own imagination, their own opinion, their own conjecture. The Lord gave them the law, the Ten Commandments, so they could read it. It wasn't open to interpretation. They were to read, just like Ryan read the Bible. They were to believe that word, and then they were to obey that word. They were not to travel over land and sea to search out his will. He, he made it clear. He made it plain, and he wrote it down, and he given to them. And you see, when the Lord comes to us, he leaves nothing to our imagination. Nothing to our opinion, conjecture. When he comes, he comes with the intent, having taken the initiative to speak. Doesn't he say here, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice. He comes to the unconverted soul tonight who, who has shut 
Christ out of their life. And he says, repent and believe the gospel. He comes to the backslidden soul and he says to that soul, repent, you've left your first love, return to me. You know that word lukewarm in the book of Revelation chapter 3 that we've read about? Do you know what it has to do with? It has to do with lukewarm water. You see, they had no running water into their homes in the city of Laodicea where this church was. This is first century, remember. The water came in through a, a stone conduit. And it, it was channeled into water supplies. And, and as it traveled on the stone, remember, think of the hot sunny climate of the uh, Middle East. And, and the water would have been warmed by the rays of the sun. And when the people went to drink the water, it was lukewarm. And I don't know if you've ever had lukewarm water, but, but you want to spit it out. You, you were thinking, this is not good for me. And, and that's the thought. And he, he, he's speaking to this church directly about being lukewarm. So, so it is a call to those who are backslidden in the church, who, who have left the Lord out of their life. The Lord comes as creator, keeper. He comes as redeemer. He, he, he knocks at their heart's door in their life. He comes presenting the great message of the gospel. Listen to what the scripture says there in the book of Romans. In Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. And shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Do you realize the proximity of Christ? Behold, I stand at the door. The door of what? The shut door of your heart, your life. That's how close the Lord is tonight. And the Lord is calling to you. Repent and believe. Or if you're backslidden, return to me with all your heart. Come, come and acknowledge your sin. Because the Lord has come tonight. Make no mistake about it. And he comes as the risen, crucified Christ. What about you tonight? I remember the night he came to me. I was thinking about that as Ryan was testifying. 18 years of age. John 10 and 10 was the text that I heard from the lips of the Reverend Sam Workman in an old tent mission in Lima Valley. I am come that you might have life. You might have it more abundantly. And that's what I wanted. I wanted life. Life to the full. I, I, I wanted to be done with the drink and the drugs and, 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 and the rock and roll. I want to ask tonight. Have you got life, life to the full, abundant life? Do you know you have eternal life? Have you been born again? Are you genuinely saved tonight by the grace of God? Has your life been changed? Can you testify the Lord came close to me? The Lord called to me? The Lord has changed me by his grace? See, there's the proximity of Christ. Very quickly, I want you to think about the position of Christ. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Why does he stand at the door? Here's the answer. Very simple, yet sublime. Think about this. He would not force his way in. He didn't use a sledgehammer. There was no battering ram. There was no crowbar. There was no forced entry. You see, he's a gentleman. He's the perfect guest. And he never forces himself in any man. The individual must hear and if he speaks tonight via his word, then see that you refuse not him that speaketh. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 1, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for no man knoweth what a day may bring forth. And you must not only hear, but you must heed. 
The summons is to open the door. There's, a, there's an invitation here. But, but you have to obey that. And if you refuse to obey, you'll remain shut into sin. You'll be shut into your fears and your follies. You'll be shut into want. Spiritual want. Spiritual unrest. Spiritual dissatisfaction to life. You'll be remain in a shut into loneliness and isolation and, and a joyless existence. You'll remain shut into death. And if you die in your sins, you'll be lost in hell for all eternity. Jesus said, if you die in your sins, where I am, there you cannot be. Will you recognize tonight that it's Christ, the perfect gentleman, the one with the nail-pierced hand? Do you know that's the only man-made thing in heaven? The wounds in the body of Christ. It's the one with the nail-pierced hands that's doing the knocking. Imagine he's knocking at your heart's door with all your sinfulness, with all your wickedness, with all your failures and follies. And, and he knocks on your heart's door. For what reason? For what purpose? That you might receive him. Remember the Bible says, But as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There's a story told about Holman Hunt, a famous artist. He painted that lovely scene of the Lord Jesus outside the door. The artwork was erected in St. Paul's Cathedral. Thousands came to see it from all parts of the United Kingdom. Many critics, they looked and admired it. One wee girl came with her daddy, and you know what wee girls are like fathers? They're always asking questions, and sometimes you don't have an answer. But this wee girl says to her daddy, Daddy, why is there no handle in the door? And the daddy thought for a moment. He looked again at the picture. He had never noticed there was no handle in the door, but it showed you how observant the child was. And this is what he said, the handle's on the inside. Do you know there's a spiritual truth there? The handle is on the inside. You see, it's our responsibility by the grace of God to open the door. You have a, a personal choice. Could I ask tonight, has there a desire created in your heart to open the door to Christ? Have you repented? Confessed your sin? Told, told the Lord that you've, you, you, you haven't loved him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Lord, for so many years, I've left you out of my life. For, for me, it was 18 years. For another colleague, it was 23. For, for, for some individuals, it's a lifetime. And then there's this realization, I have left the Lord out of my life. And where is he standing? What's his position? He's at the door. He's waiting. Think of the pleading of Christ. He says, if any man hear my voice, why does he knock and plead? What's the answer? C could I remind you tonight? Here's, it's very simple. He loves you. It's not wonderful tonight. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me. Doesn't John 3 and 16 come to mind? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Doesn't the scripture say here in his love? Not that we love God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son to be a, a propitiation for us. And we drew a contrast last week from the, the love expressed in Valentine's Day to, to, to the love of God, the wonder of it in Christ. He, 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 he loves us. Doesn't the Bible tell us, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to see of that which is lost. You're tonight here, you're lost in sin, spiritually speaking. You're lost morally, and how many are lost morally in, in a maze? And you're in danger of being lost eternally. And the Son of Man has come. What's his reason? He's seeking to save lost sheep. I know you, you could recognize your position tonight and hear him pleading with you. You see, natural man tonight, he doesn't fear God. He doesn't de desire fellowship with the true and the living God. He, he, he lives to ignore him. He, he lives to escape from him. He, he, he views the true and living God with disdain and suspicion. He doesn't love God. He has no desire to give up his sinful lifestyle. Uh, his opinion is that God is out to take away his fun and joy and pleasure of living. Do you know that? That's not true. The Bible says happy is the people whose God is the Lord. And I want to tell you today, there's, there's no happiness like the happiness that's found in the heart of a true believer. Who, who is the, the genuine knowledge of God. The Lord's not out to ruin your life. He, he's out to redeem it. He, he, he's out to bring you into fullness of life so that you can enjoy him, fulfill the very aim of what you were made. Remember I've said, John 10 and 10, I'm come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. He wants to give you life, abundant life, life to the full. We can say that tonight to, to those who are living a life of harlotry or, 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 or to the drunkard tonight or, or, or to the drug addict or, or, or to the gambling addict tonight. We, we, we can say to those who are dissatisfied with life, those who have embraced atheism and agnosticism and, and, and hedonism, we, we can tell them, Christ is life for you. Christ is life. Think of Christ tonight, that blessed man of Calvary. The one with the nail-pierced hand that displays those wounds that demonstrate and commend his love for you. Doesn't the Bible say, but God commended his love toward us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we were at our best. Not when we were upright or at our holiness. But when we were sinners, sinners by nature and practice. Born in sin with no love for God, no desire for him. And there he comes because he loves and he wants to save and change and transform and give you a meaning and a purpose for life. Think of the patience of Christ. How many times did he knock? How many times did he speak? Let me give you a little story. A couple of days ago, maybe a week now or more, I was at a house in a particular town in Northern Ireland, and not mention it, and um, I was going to visit the... Um, a particular elderly woman. And as I looked through the window as I come down the garden path, I could see the son of the mother sitting watching the television on the sofa. And of course, I was coming to visit, so I knocked the door. Then I rang the bell. And then I went and knocked in the window. And they knew I was there. I put a note in the door. And you know what? Didn't get in. I never heard a reply. And I waited for five or ten minutes. And by this time I got the message. I felt I wasn't wanted. 
And you know, I wonder how long Christ is going to knock and plead the patience of Christ. The Bible says today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Remember, you've got an immortal soul. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? I would exhort you tonight, don't exhaust his patience. The Lord is patient. But don't exhaust his patience. Because there's a limit to his patience. And one day, he will shut the door of heaven to you. If you have shut Christ out of your life. The Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? And think of the promise of Christ. I will come into him. And sup with him. And he with me. Supper time. Sitting having fellowship with Christ. Isn't that tremendous? Let me ask tonight. Are you in Christ? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? Can you rejoice that there's a time when you received him by faith? And you can say of Christ, not only is he Lord and Savior, the shepherd and bishop of my soul, but he's my beloved and he's my friend. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, not a religious man, a moral man, not a Protestant or a Catholic, but if any man hear my voice, I'll come in and sup with him. And he with me. Will you know that tonight? What that promise can be fulfilled if you receive Christ tonight. If you say, Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come into day, take sin away. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. What do I do, you say? Recognize you're a sinner. Receive Christ by faith and go home rejoicing in the blessing of God.